Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm Brian, the UK Bitcoin Master. It's really great to have you here. Uh, Just a brief explanation before we get into the podcast in earnest. Uh, I've taken the MP3 from my YouTube uh, videos that I've done over the last few years and created them into podcast form. Now, what you'll notice through the podcast is that uh, on my YouTube channel, I clearly refer to articles that I'm showing on the live stream, which of course you're not going to be able to see on this podcast. So do take that as is, but enjoy the podcast nevertheless. Do check out my YouTube channel, ukbitcoinmaster.com. You'll find all the Bitcoin videos I've done to date. And also bitcoininterviews.com is where you'll find all the interviews that I've done with some of the greatest thought leaders in the Bitcoin space since I've been uh, live streaming. Uh, You can also check me out on Twitter, library.tv, BitChute, DTube, Facebook, and Instagram, all at UK Bitcoin Master or forward slash UK Bitcoin Master. Finally, if you enjoy the content, please tweet it out on your Twitter uh, channel so that we can get ears on these podcasts. So thanks for being here. Enjoy the podcast. Well, I make that six o'clock. Uh, UK time. It is Thursday, the 13th of February. I am Brian, the UK Bitcoin master. Welcome to the show, everyone. Am I excited this evening with my guest? Uh, We've just been having a little chat pre-show and I think you're going to love what we're going to be talking about. So as always, people have a strong Bitcoin hand. You know the name of the game. My name of the game is buy Bitcoin, get it off an exchange onto a Trezor and then get on with your life, enjoy your life and Bitcoin will do what it will do, when it will do it and you or I will not influence it. So welcome to the show, everyone. As always, before I get into chatting with my live guest, let's have a quick look in the chat, see who we've got. John Stramitis is in from Malibu. Welcome, John. Rocky Palumbo's in. My lovely wife, Elaine, Mrs. UK Bitcoin Master. Paul Rolau, LTP, LTP, great. Casso, Zaza. Crikey, have I missed anyone? If I have, Sorry, welcome to the show, everyone. It's great to have you all with me. If you want to attract my attention and maybe ask Boris a question live through the show, it is important or imperative even that you type my name exactly as it is, Brian Dash, the UK Bitcoin master, before you type your message. That way it will highlight it in bright orange and I will see it over on my second monitor. If you don't do that, people, I will not see it. So if you do want to ask a question, please do that. Um, If I can, uh, my technology is doing something really naughty, so I'm going to have to do this by hand. Quick disclaimer there, you can read it yourself. I'm not going to labour the point, but I don't give financial advice, so don't take anything I say as financial advice. Also, quickly, if I can... uh, Whoops, I've just done that wrong, I believe. Where's my website's just gone? Sorry, people. Um... 
my technologies played up. There you go. The websites. If you want to check out my videos, um, ukbitcoinmaster.com. Um, close to 200 videos now. I'm not Bitcoin Meister, one every day. Uh, I'm committed to two live videos a week. So I'm up to just under 200 now, which I can't believe. I was just saying to uh, my guest offline that's uh, coming up for three years since I went down the rabbit hole myself. Um, this interview and every interview I've ever done, you'll find at bitcoininterviews.com. So do check uh, those out if I can see to try and get rid of them. Uh, there we go. And finally, because people have wanted to leave me a tip, even though I've said on the show I don't do the show for financial gain, I do it out of a love for Bitcoin and a love to share my passion and inspiration uh, with others. But some people have said, look, we want to drop you a tip. So there you are. It's on the screen, tipping.me. And I want to give a big shout out to JC Botha down in South Africa, who a couple of days ago very kindly donated just under 150,000 sats. So thank you, JC, uh, for that. So let me get that out of the way. Um, if you want to follow me, people, you can follow me across Twitter, Facebook, bitbacker.io, BitChute, Library TV, and DTube, all at UK Bitcoin Master. So check those out. And the reason I'm doing that for those that are wondering is we don't know when YouTube wants to decide to have a manic mental day, week, whatever, and close people's um, content creator shows down. So if it ever happens to me, because we don't know who it's going to happen to. At least you could find this video on all those other platforms, because when it's done, they get uploaded to those other platforms. And if this went down, at least I've got some kind of continuity. So that is it. I want to get into tonight's show with my special guest. I'm going to bring him up onto the screen and introduce him uh, to you. Uh, Boris, it's great to have you with us. Uh, briefly, for the benefit of um, the audience, um, I'm just going to read a little bit out about Boris's background, where he fits within all of this, and then we'll get into the show. Um, he's a game journalist. You're going to tell me what that is in a minute. Owns a media and events company around video games. Produces Holland's largest video games website. So if you're into video games, you want to check out GameKings.tv. But with that said, he wanted me to point out he is also a true Bitcoiner too. Boris, welcome to the show. Great to have you here tonight with me. Thanks for having me, Brian. My pleasure. Ah, absolutely superb. Yeah, I'm really excited to, to start chatting with you uh, about uh, Bitcoin. So, um, Boris, as always, the, the, the reason for my interviews are for beginners. So there's people, if you're on the show for anything technical, you're not going to hear it unless you ask Boris a question that I would step away from and Boris would answer it. And we're okay to do that. Um, but this is very much for me to find out how and why people got into Bitcoin, where they see it going. You know, when you look back at Bitcoin interviews, if you want to see my interviews with Ansel Lindner, um, Bitcoin Meister, Vortex I've interviewed, Has McCookout in Australia, um, Phil Geiger I've had on the show. I've had um, Jeff Vandrew Jr. He's an attorney of law out in the States. So I've had some good high profile um, guests and I've gone through the same procedure asking them the basic 
questions about how they got down the rabbit hole, how they heard about Bitcoin. So, Boris, let's get this thing kicked off. And the question is, um, how did you hear about Bitcoin? You know, did you get a call? Did you do your research because of being in gaming? Did you find out because you were in gaming, you saw it shoot up and did your own research? How did that all come about? I'm really interested to know. All right. Um, I, when I actually Bitcoin wasn't my first digital currency um, uh, interest because I was playing video games for whenever I think I was about 12 years old or something. For me, there was this wonderful escape from my shitty. <laughs> I was playing video games basically day and night. Yeah. And I had these two sort of goals that I wanted to achieve with playing video games. And I was a kid, so it's kind of childish, but I wanted to play a massive war game with my friends online and sort of storm the beaches in Normandy and do that together in a a multiplayer game. And that's something that didn't really exist at the time. Um, And another thing that I want to do is I wanted to make my money playing the video game. So I wanted to, for some, in some way, sort of like do something in a video game and make money, take that money out of the game and that's make that my living. Mm-hmm. So basically those are, um, those two goals. Uh, the first one was, uh, was fulfilled, uh, I think somewhere in the nineties. Um, and, um, I remember talking to people, I mean, my mother would call me and, and she came up with a story that somebody in game or somebody in a game had sold a sword for a thousand dollars. And she was, how is it, how is it possible that a sword in a video game can, I mean, somebody's paying a thousand dollars for that. How, how does that happen? How does, how does something like that get value? Yeah. And, um, so I, I was, I was kind of interested by that. How could digital, um, stuff uh, have value how could it have a price i mean it's digital you can copy it yeah. and then i saw that happen and i saw people grinding for all these items in games and selling them for real money for and those amounts got bigger and bigger so i got used to the idea of uh the the, the value property of digital goods uh way before bitcoin existed um then we got some games where there were actually in-game currencies. Those currencies weren't always packed to dollars or euros or whatever. They were just they were just there. You could buy your stuff in-game, but they were presented like real currencies. And there was this in-game economy where you could use it. And I found it really interesting. So that kind of um, sort of tickled or, or, or ticked this box for me. Like, tickled okay, your that's, fancy. That's yeah, money. tickled your fancy. One, <laughs> yeah, one day I will take that money and, and sort of like put it on my credit card and then I can, I can actually spend it in real life. And that actually took longer than I thought to uh, uh, for that to happen. And so I was following uh, uh, way from the beginning. I was following uh, like, like the, the all these uh, digital gold, e-gold, those kind of projects. Yeah. But I never, it never came up to me to actually buy it or use it. I was just waiting for, for it to be implemented in some video game. Yep. So when um, uh, uh, I think it was uh, uh, WikiLeaks uh, got cut off from the uh, from the payment systems and they were starting to accept Bitcoin, I was like, oh, this is interesting. I mean, when do we get this Bitcoin in these video games? Because that's where it'll have a use. Yep. Um, and that didn't happen. And, and I, I followed it basically from the sidelines. And um, I think it was uh, in 2014 when we all saw the price run up to a thousand dollars that sort of this finally this light went on like hmm, oh maybe you should buy this and just <laughs> keep it and and because it will go up in value that's it very yep. interesting I didn't yep. know anything about the economy at the time um, so I think 
I, I, I thought it was too expensive at the time and then it crashed in 2015 and then I was like, okay, if I want to do this, I should do it now. And then I bought some and learned more about it. Well, that's where the rabbit hole starts. And uh, But it was basically video games and the, the early uh, realization that digital goods can actually have real monetary value that uh, for me sort of kicked it off. So... Um... You, you you said it crashed, and then you said um, I thought I, I better get into this. So um, did you did you start accumulating Bitcoin? I mean, not really. I mean, if I could go back in time, <laughs> I'd buy a lot, but I I didn't really understand anything about Bitcoin at the time. And, um, <laughs> know the feeling. Now I know, know the why. feeling. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we were talking before the show, we were talking about the Dunning-Kruger effect, that you think you understand it completely, and then you start to learn about it, and then you suddenly see all these things that you know nothing about. Yeah. And that, that that kind of feels overwhelming. And, um, well, I, I actually had that a couple of times with Bitcoin. I'm glad uh, you're saying that, because it overwhelms yeah, it me. Hard. It's hard. And in a, I think I... I because when I started uh, uh, 2015, 2016, nothing really happened except, for, I mean, talking in price. I mean, of course, we had, we had Sequit in 2016 and the half thing and everything. Yep. But I couldn't really get a grasp of the bigger picture. Also because it was the second halving. And in the first halving, I mean, I don't know if there was, yeah, there was a little bit of monetary value. But it it, it went all over the place. Yeah. And um, so basically 2015, 2016, nothing really happened with the price. So I was like, okay, I can always buy some more tomorrow, whatever. So I, I, I was more interested in using it. And um, the, this, the, the technical aspect of Bitcoin, I thought it would be easy. And it was easy to understand the basics. And then I wanted to understand the uh, understand it more in depth yep. and I found that really really hard and even though I had done web development and did some programming I still found it really hard to uh, to understand the basic concept and when I did I, I still remember the energy it gave me that I sort of like the I, I could see the full circle I see how it how it went around how the how the miners and the users and the and the, the notes uh, all kept each other in balance in this beautiful, beautiful way. Um, and when I saw that, and I saw it uh, also during Segwit, I saw it um, uh, I saw it possible that the users, the users of Bitcoin actually um, uh, protect the laws that govern Bitcoin. And this sort of like tickled the anarchist in me and I was like, man, this is this is big. <laughs> and that's, so, that's also when I started understanding economy a, a little bit and uh, what is actually happening to money. Because the beautiful thing about Bitcoin is the, the second you buy it, a minute later you ask yourself, well, if this is actually worth the amount that I paid for it, uh, how come it does have this value? Mm. And then you think about, then you look at the euros in my case, or, or the pounds or the dollars or whatever you used to pay for it. And you go like, well, if you turn that around, how come that that fiat currency has annual value? Mm. What gives it that value? And then once you study a bit about that, then you're, you're lost, <laughs> you're absolutely lost. You see this gigantic pyramid scheme that we're all trapped inside and <laughs> there's no exit door and and then you see this little bitcoin sign that says exit yeah. exit here or, absolutely yeah. or the matrix we're all trapped in the matrix that's the way i yes. view it um so uh, am i unique then if 
I didn't really get it and I accumulated Bitcoin because the reason I'm asking that is because I'm just reading a book. I had a lady in America who works with Blockstream reach out to me and we had a telephone call before Christmas and she asked me if I would read her book and give some thoughts on it. And she's written a book to try and help beginners get you know a handle on what you've just said. And hmm. I didn't understand any of it, but I accumulated Bitcoin and it's only after reading that book through Christmas, I'm halfway through it now, where, you know, I started to understand, like you said, how the little bits fit together and how it's all and it's all starting to fall into place for me. But for me, I didn't need to, Boris, I don't know what it is. I didn't need to understand it. I just had. Do you ever go through life and you just know? You know, I don't know whether it's a relationship, whether it's, I don't know, a job, I don't know. But when I saw it and I spent a few days, asked my wife, you know, I was just down that rabbit hole and I just wouldn't put YouTube down, even though we were living out in the sunshine at the time. Um, and I don't know what it was, but I just knew. Now, I know and you know that this could go to zero. It could fail. Yeah. But there's something in me saying 99.9% it ain't going to. But the, we have to say that, of course, it could fail. It's still an experiment. Crikey. In terms of money, it's only 10 years old. But there was something in me that said, go for this all in because you're not going to be far wrong. And what I've learned over the last two or three years is, you know, they, they say that we all come in for the speculation. We all want to make some money. Everyone wants to, you know, make some money. But then you end up staying for how it's going to change the world. And I'm now in that period of my life where, yes, speculation is great. But I feel that Bitcoin is going to completely change the world. I don't know how that's going to look. But I do believe that Bitcoin is going to completely change the world. I don't think it's going to replace banks. I think they'll work somehow we were saying offline where banks will still exist. They'll, I think they'll look different. But I think Bitcoin has got the ability to start to make banks and governments more honest than they are, if that's at all possible, because I think it exposes um, that side of things. What are your thoughts around all of that? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think there's nothing wrong with making money and there's nothing wrong with the speculative side of Bitcoin. Yep. I mean, you could argue that sometimes the focus is too much on the speculative side of Bitcoin. But for me, I understand that's what people get. If you if you read about Bitcoin in the paper, it's either it because it went through 10,000 or whether it dropped like 60 or 70 percent or something. They're always writing about that. Um, and it's OK for me. I don't care if, if that. If that's what pe gets people into Bitcoin, that, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I mean, I like the saying, I, and I used to say that a lot. You know, we we come for the free money and we stay for the revolution. That's it. Uh, yeah. And it takes it takes a while to uh, to see why that is. And uh, actually, I know a lot of people who came to Bitcoin uh, because of its technical properties. Yeah. You know, those were programmers. Those those were people who understand what decentralization could mean uh, for the distribution of data. Uh, and data uh, is as money is is just as interesting. Yeah, um, I know a lot of people who came in for the speculation, and again, there's nothing wrong with just doing that and doing nothing else. Um, but now I see a lot of people moving on from these two value properties to 
for what for me is the third value property and that is uh, the economics you know the economic property of bitcoin and that's where uh, um, its network effect is that's where its exponential growth is that, mm. that's where uh, the stock to flow model that we saw from plan b yep. uh, where, where that is and i find that um infinitely uh, more fascinating than both speculation and the technical side because it works together with these two value properties to create something that is bigger than its sum. Um, and I think once we completely understand the role that Bitcoin is pl going to play in the in the larger uh, macroeconomic uh, scheme of things, yeah. we're going to finally arrive at its fourth value property. And I think that's the political property that Bitcoin will gain. Um, and we're, we're, we're really, we're years away from, from that point. But if Bitcoin does not fail, it will massively succeed. Mm. And that's going to mean more than just being a store of value. It's going to be mean more than just people get, getting rich off of it. Um, it's actually going to mean that we have a new money. It's a, it's a free money. Um, it's it's a money that uh, uh, has no borders, uh, doesn't listen to to in inflation, has its own rules. Uh, people will believe in it, and it, when, once you believe in it, you protect it. So it will have a, an army of Bitcoin maximalists protecting it, and that's already happening. And I, I really, there's nothing that gives me more energy than watching people uh, uh, protect Bitcoin. Um, but if you, but if it doesn't fail and it will absolutely succeed, we're going to arrive at this point where sooner or later governments will um, have to decide to use it. And it won't be the US government. It won't be the UK government. It, it won't be the European uh, central banks. That, Malta, that will, little countries like uh, Malta and the like. Well, more like more like uh, Russia, Iran, uh, the South uh, countries in South America, uh, like Lebanon right now. Yeah. I mean, countries that because the the dollar will gain strength in the next crisis, and that will absolutely destroy all the emerging market currencies, and that means that just working class people, the the the, the middle class in the, those countries, will be absolutely eradicated, and people will figure out that if they want to. Um, hang on to the value that they had to the wealth that they have and i want to transport that wealth to tomorrow or next year or whatever the local currencies won't do gold will be very hard to get out of the country if they have to run because something is happening in these unstable uh, situations um and bitcoin will be the will be will find itself in a perfect storm whenever you see this happening in i mean venezuela is a great example but yeah. same thing is going on in in iran uh, maybe turkey in lebanon right now you right now will see a situation where it's hard to get your hands on bitcoin if you live into in one of these countries um, mostly because bitcoiners will not sell their precious bitcoin for their worthless local currencies mm. um, so that's a problem and it will be solved. People will get their hands on some Bitcoin. People will sell their house only for Bitcoin. People will actually start to use it. And once that's, uh, that takes place, uh, we'll see governments eventually uh, using it uh, uh, as a store of wealth, but also uh, as a means to uh, maybe evade sanctions or something like that. And uh, that's, that's going to be really interesting because w when those countries start uh, adopting it, um, I mean, that, that's going to be like a, a domino, uh, the first domino that goes. And I mean, fast forward 10 years later and everybody will be using it. So do, do you, I mean, I've got my own beliefs, but do you not think that, 
you know, certain countries are mopping up already? You know, are they going? Are they going to go and announce it that they're they're? You know, if, if a government, whoever, if an entity have you know got their head around it like we have, and they start accumulating for their country, they're not going to make that public, are they? So, do you no. think there's any countries that might be doing that? I mean, I heard you know something. It was on somebody's show that that Putin might be you know, amassing Bitcoin. I don't, I think it's just a rumor. I don't know, but I did hear it somewhere. I mean, what do you think? I don't think so. Uh, maybe, <clears throat> listen, I absolutely believe that people who have money uh, uh, are noticing Bitcoin and are buying it, but countries are not. Central banks are not buying it. Okay. And th that's basically because the, the game that they're playing, I mean, the, this, this global game that everybody is up until their necks in this game of inflation, of money creation, of trying to out outprint each other yep. uh, and and get more um, more more commodities and more assets with all this free money. Um, that game revolves around fiat currency. Um, that whole game has to end or play out before or collapse or whatever. Whatever its end is, uh, it has to be played out before we get to the next. Uh, uh, next stage um, and right now even though we're in, uh, uh, in uh, the, the this everything bubble that's bigger than every I mean this huge monetary experiment and we've, we've never seen anything that comes close to it um, before this collapse we're going to blow the bubble up a little I, bit I was just going to say if I can interject there you just said the word collapse now, um, we obviously know what happened in 2008 and how it affected the world. And obviously, then Bitcoin came in ex into existence. There are a couple of trains of thought. And my train of thought is it is simply not sustainable to keep printing money like the Fed are doing, like and, you know, bailing out banks and goodness knows what without that going pop. And there's talk that, you know, the next crash, I won't say if it happens, when it happens, is going to be 100x worse than 2008. Um, what, is, what is your belief around will it collapse, won't it? Will they always, you know, put a Band-Aid over it and hide it and move forward? Because when you look at the history of fiat currency, about 50 years and that's it, it's done, isn't it? You know, that's about the average time frame for a, for a money and then it dies and something else has to come along. What are your views around all of that? <clears throat> Well, actually, the UK pound, I think, holds the record. 315 years, the longest currency. Uh, I'm impressed. Well done. It's still around. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very good. I didn't know but, that. Um, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I mean, it's it's. there's this saying, it's really hard to predict stuff, especially if that stuff takes place in the future. Um, mm. uh, we don't know what the crash is going to look like. It might be, they might keep printing money forever and people will just walk away. Yeah. Um, people who have a lot of money right now, and I mean, unfortunately I'm not one of them, but if I, if I see, if I talk to, I talk to a lot of people who are very rich yeah. and uh, what I hear is that they, they are, they don't know what to do with their money. I mean, Right now, uh, and I'm in the Netherlands, If you, we have a negative negative interest rates on, on, on bank accounts. So if you yeah. put your money in the bank, you have a problem. If you take it up in cash and you put it under your mattress, you that, that amount of money will be taxed harder. 
Mm. And if you don't um, uh, fill in your tax forms right, they will confiscate it. So that's a big risk. Uh, so people will move to gold, to silver, those kind of commodities. Safe havens, yeah. Those uh, traditional safe havens. Um, but but the stock market bubble is looking mighty interesting. And if you hold your wealth in euros, uh, we have an official inflation of 5.6% per year right now. Um, and that might easily be 10% if you look at certain goods that are not uh, calculated into the CPI, uh, consumer price index. Yeah. So um, it's just not a good idea if you have money to hold it in a bank account. So what are you going to do? What are your options? There are very few options, even if you look at real estate right now. Um, I mean, we see housing prices uh, doubling in two, three years here in Amsterdam, for instance. It's absolutely crazy. If you're a millennial, you will never be able to buy a house here. If you yeah. don't have one already, you'll never yeah. buy another one. Or That's everywhere. That's here too. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, but in this uh, uh, with the situation also comes the belief for some reason people believe that it, this will not collapse this will go on forever and that's just that's just plain irrational <laughs> I mean you only have to look like to the last 40-50 years and you see all these crashes I mean we have the dot-com crisis with the credit crisis and we just don't know what the next uh, uh, pin that is going to be that's going to make this bubble burst it could well be the coronavirus in China right now uh, completely destroying the Chinese economy yeah. uh, and in its wake uh, the, the Hong Kong economy, the HSBC, uh, Standard Charter, I believe they're all highly over leveraged. Um, yeah, if that goes, Deutsche Bank might go. I have no idea what it's going It's going to be a banking crisis. It might be a credit crisis. It might be something else. Uh, we just don't know. But this uncertainty makes everybody look at alternatives. And um, I think that uh, at least people I, I talk to, they feel uncomfortable. They feel unnerved. Something is like something is coming in the horizon. They have no idea. I mean, I can look at you and see that you can feel it. I can feel it. All Bitcoiners can feel this 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 humming noise of the, this train. Yeah, but most this, people just bury their head in the sands and just hope it will go away, don't they? They, you know, they live from paycheck to paycheck. You know, there's just enough money to pay for everything if they're lucky and have a takeaway at the weekend. And, and they just go through paycheck to paycheck. And I can't do that. You know, yeah. there is something on the horizon, how that's going to play out, what it's going to look like. I don't know. But, you know, all I see, you know, and you don't need half a brain to see this. People want a safe haven for their money when yeah. things get unstable. And right now I see that as gold and Bitcoin. And I think the percentage swing towards Bitcoin is gaining momentum over gold for all the reasons that I've talked about many times on the show that we all know. You know, you, you can't, you literally can't, you know, saw a corner of your gold off and take it on holiday with you to another country because you'd be hauled into a to a back room. But, you know, if yeah. you've got your brain wallet or you've got your seed words, you could take a billion dollars across borders, for yeah. goodness sake. And the more people understand this, the more people get this, the more they'll start to see why we say Bitcoin is the new gold. <clears throat> Maybe I haven't got a clue because I don't know much about anything, but I've just got this feeling here that people are more and more going to see Bitcoin as a safe haven over gold. Yeah. Well, I mean, gold will always do its thing. I mean, it's got 6,000 
years of um, of the Lindy effect. You know, people will always accept gold. And, but they're still uh, mining it, which means the scarcity aspect drops, whereas Bitcoin's getting scarcer. You know, they're still mining. They're still bringing gold out every day. So you've got to consider that too, haven't you? Go on. Yeah, of course, it's not one or the or the other. I mean, it, I think Bitcoin has some monetary uh, properties that are highly unique. Uh, um, well, the unf unconfiscatable part, uh, the fact that you can actually, uh, it's so easily transferable and transportable. That's absolutely love it. I, I love that. That That's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. So, um, no, basically, I agree with you that, that Bitcoin is absolutely fantastic. It, 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 it's like nothing we had before. And if you look at its conception, it's sometimes I've, I've, I've read this. Uh, what was it? Maybe it, I, I do this podcast with Aaron van Weerdem and he's, he's writing a book about the, the origins of uh, of Bitcoin and Satoshi and the people who were the original cypherpunks. And if I hear that, I understand where it comes from. And yeah. Uh, I, I I love where it comes from, and it's the the anarchist side, but it's also the literally the the science fiction uh, 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 what do you call it uh, like the cyberpunk movies and stories yeah. where we live in this dystopian future and hackers are the only free ones because they manage data independently. Uh, this whole mindset um, is it, it's it's very I always I always felt attracted to it and Bitcoin still has that in its DNA. It's mm. beautiful. Let's just take a quick interlude, can we? Will I just give a quick shout out for the show sponsors? People will be back in a second. There's a load more questions that I need to be asking this uh, uh, guest of ours. But I want to just, if I may, quickly give a shout out to JustLearnBitcoin.com. Um, they are my show sponsors. Why would you go there? Well, if you're new, you know, they'll help you with anything to do with, you know, wallet setup and backup, storage solutions, long-term storage solutions, end-of-life planning, coin splitting airdrops, recovering coins sent to the wrong chain, vanity addresses, questions about mining. Pretty well, people, anything you want to know about Bitcoin, you would find over at JustLearnBitcoin.com. Quick look inside if we can, you'll see that JustLearnBitcoin.com have got a shop where, if you can see me, they've got some cracking merch. I love this little bracelet. If you can see it, it's got Bitcoin on it. Um, people never ask me about it, but I want them to. Um, also, they've got an apparel store where if you want to get any you know, merchandise from mugs to towels, beach towels, hoodies, all sorts, it's all over there. Um, if you go just inside JustLearnBitcoin.com and scroll down on this page, let me, as always, <clears throat> excuse me, draw your attention to this little box here that says, please help return 14.2 Bitcoin to Pastor Phil. Um, I'm really pushing this, as is Rocky, Bitcoin to the Moon and a few others. This is a cause that I encourage you to get behind, people, because this is a pastor of 16 years. He served um, in the U.S. military. Him and his family have taken in disadvantaged children and brought them up as their own. Um, and Phil was amassing Bitcoin and he was scammed out of it by a scammer when doing a firmware update on his Trezor. As Rocky points out here, it was a DNS 
BGP hijacking attack, which apparently, um, if you don't check the padlock, the little green lock in your URL, if there's something red writing there, the hacker then redirects you to their site. Phil put his seed words in when doing a firmware update, and 24 hours later, 14.2 Bitcoin was gone, as well as about 500 Litecoin. So I've got a campaign, as has Rocky, to help Phil get some of this back. So there's a couple of videos here that I've done with Rocky and Phil, and Yes for Motivation has done as well. Um, so you can get an idea of how terrible this uh, thing was. If you click onto the Family Story tab, a quick read, literally two or three um, scrolls down, and you can read the story about Phil and his family. And finally, Rocky's very kindly put the um, transaction ID of the hacker. There it is there for anybody that's a bit clever and knowledgeable if they wanted to find out you know where it went we'll never get it back but you can see here that we've also made available every transaction that Pastor Phil made all the way up to having the Bitcoin hacked and taken. And my goal is to get him some of that Bitcoin back. Now, um, Rocky asked me somewhere in the chat if I can find it over here. Um, let me find where Rocky said it. There's a lot of you chatting there. Um, Rocky, where is it? He was saying that yesterday a big donation came in, $136 of Bitcoin, um, which is superb. We've had some $9, some $50. Um, uh, Phil wants me to pass on his heartfelt thanks to absolutely anyone that has made a donation be a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. And the reason I plug this on every one of my shows is simple. If we can get a thousand people to see this and they can donate a dollar, we get a tenth of a Bitcoin back. If we can get a thousand people that donate ten dollars, we get Phil one of his 14 Bitcoin back. If we can get a hundred thousand people to donate a dollar, you see the point. Lots of people doing a little bit to get this man some of his Bitcoin back. Um, you can head over to TallyCoin. There's a tab at the bottom of all the pages. Um, we've had 21 donations to date, which is not a massive amount for the time that we've been um, running this campaign. But Phil has asked me to say to every one of you that he's grateful for every single donation that comes in. He's truly grateful. And we've got a show lined up for when we reach one Bitcoin. We're going to have a Bitcoin with Phil show and we're going to get Phil to say his heartfelt thanks to everybody that's donated again uh, on the show. So I just wanted to plug that. Please do don't walk past it. Do don't. Please don't walk past this. Do go and check it out people and make a tiny donation if you possibly can. So thank you for allowing me to do that um, Boris. On with the show. So I wanted to um, talk to you briefly about gaming. So I've listened to you on Bitcoin Meister show a few times and I'm always interested when you start talking about how gaming could play a big part in crypto's future growth. Do you want to just talk about that for a minute to the audience? Because I don't understand it. You know, I'd really like to understand it a little bit more. What does gaming have to do with all of this? Uh, well, the, 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 the obvious answer to that is that um, objects in video games are already digital. Okay. So uh, with 
all other cryptocurrencies that are that don't have any monetary value yep. they are usually launched with some story some blockchain solves every problem story we get bananas on the blockchain and whatever <laughs> and um, all these projects run into something that's called the oracle problem and that's that it's really hard to take something in the real world and transfer it into something digital or some, something that carries its same value in a digital form, whatever. It yep. just doesn't exist. The only solution to that is that you're going to have to trust someone to build that transition for you. Yep. So if you want to put bananas on the blockchain, somebody has to put the microchips in the bananas and whatever, whatever it's crap. It doesn't yep. work. Yep. It doesn't yep. solve anything. And um, what video games, the exceptions that video games offer is that all the items and all the stuff that's happening and all your experience are already digital, yeah. um, which means that they can be tokenized if you want to talk about shit coins, which I'm, which I'm rather not. Yeah, thank uh, you. But but even more interesting, I mean, this was the stuff that we were talking about in 2017. But what we're seeing right now, because all these projects are dying, um, basically the whole decision about uh, about how this is going to work in video games it doesn't really revolve about around putting digital objects on a blockchain that's not important you want to capture its value into something that everybody recognizes yep. and that's what bitcoin is going to do okay and that's so infinitely interesting if you would um, incorporate uh, uh, small bitcoin transactions into your gameplay models and we've already seen a couple of examples of how that will work. It usually involves Lightning, the Lightning Network, because yeah. Bitcoin doesn't allow you to do really small transactions uh, instantly because, you know, every block is mined approximately 10 minutes. So it will take some time before everything is confirmed. But with Lightning, that's different. And that means that we can uh, do a game and... Uh, um, reward each other with uh, a single satoshis for instance yeah. we can actually build something or build a game that has a uh, a streaming money uh, component <clears throat> to it um, we can experiment with rewards in bitcoin or payments in bitcoin or playing the video game um, uh, and 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 for some reason pay for it uh, in small, really small fractions, and that's interesting because the, the gaming industry is uh, going through through a really rough time. Uh, they have a big problem with their monetization models. Uh, big publishers uh, have no idea how to uh, how to reach their market basically, and small independent publishers or developers have no means to actually make any money and to be found in the sea of content that's already on the big gaming platforms. So Bitcoin is going to change that, I think. Um, and how that's going to play out uh, remains to be seen because it's still really early days. Uh, but um, I noticed that uh, Bitcoiners are usually, I think 90% of the time, are gamers. Um, when they're okay. technical... They um, uh, and they actually build software. It doesn't take a long time for them to connect to video game developers and talk about how this integration of Bitcoin into video games should work. And again, it's still early days. Most most video game developers use uh, uh, software development platforms like Unity, and uh, Unity is now seeing its first plugins for using Lightning transactions. Um, but it's again, it's still so early. Uh, 
most game developers, and I talk to a lot of them, still have to grasp the concept of what Bitcoin is. Yeah. So they have no idea. I mean, they have these, they have years of learning before them, before they can actually build any any meaningful video games with uh, with the Lightning Network. But that doesn't mean that we won't see them sooner because some uh, developers have already started and some Bitcoiners have already hooked up with developers and they're already building uh, these video games. It's uh, it's really interesting you you say that because um, <clears throat> my whole take on Bitcoin I won't say crypto because I am a I'm I'm not going to say I'm a Bitcoin maximalist I believe that Bitcoin is the one coin that's got a real chance at sound money hard money uh, I do I think the ecosystem would there'll be other we were discussing this off air there'll be other you know. Projects, there has to be. You can't expect just one to take the world. Uh, hey, maybe I'm wrong. Um, Why not? But, well, yeah, maybe it will then. <clears throat> but yeah, but they'll all have different use cases, won't they? You know. Um, but where where I'm at is, uh, it, it, unless you really want, it's got to come from in here again. Unless you really want to learn about Bitcoin, you know, and its fundamentals and what makes it unique compared to the other coins. Unless you really want that. You are never going to understand the value proposition of Bitcoin. So that then shaves the millions and billions of people around the world to a 1% or a 2% of people that have maybe got a bit of vision that want to get into that rabbit hole and find out, well, what is it that makes Bitcoin so special? Because most people on the surface, I believe, will go, ah, well, Bitcoin's 10 grand. Well, that other X coin is, you know, $10. I'll get a load of those and, you know, that I'll be, I'll be just as well off. And they don't get it. So most people I don't think are ever going to understand the true value proposition of Bitcoin, the seven network effects of Bitcoin I don't think that's ever going to happen. So, um, are you a maximalist? Can I ask that question? Yes, very much. And uh, not not only. Uh, I mean, I went through that through that whole learning process, and I've I've tried my my luck with trading and failed miserably. <laughs> uh, lost you more and than... everyone I speak to. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's a terrible, and I will never do it again. Yeah. Uh, but also, I've learned the hard way that uh, uh, altcoins just don't work. Um, they're all promising a solution to something that is a feature and not a bug. Mm. They're, they're either promising to, to build an alternative for proof of work. Proof of work is the most important invention in my lifetime, yeah. uh, if you ask me honestly. Proof of work is what's going to make uh, unconfiscatable decentralized currency actually happen if you think you can replace that you're an idiot yeah i agree and, i totally and agree everybody that's uh, uh, saying otherwise probably has some sort of financial incentive to to sell you something else and i feel sorry for i mean i've heard the most horrible so i've been doing podcasts about bitcoin for a long time in dutch and i've talked to people who lost their pensions because they put it all like two three hundred thousand euros they put it all in in some some shit coin and it it lost 95 percent of its value these people are crying they're they're like 
like in, their, in the end of their 60s, they have literally lost everything they've worked their whole life for. And that's the exact opposite of what Bitcoin will achieve. I mean, Bitcoin is still very volatile. I understand mm. it. It doesn't yeah. solve everyone's problem. You have, you're going to have to love either the, the trading or the speculation or the, or the technical side or, or the economic promises for a, some sort of monetary revolution. If you don't do that, Bitcoin will probably not solve your problems today. Mm. But if you look at the real world uh, problems that people are struggling with. If you look at India, where uh, President Modi decided to uh, take away all the thousand rupee notes, you would think like, okay, all these people with a lot of money have a lot of thousand rupee notes. No, it's the people who are living in the slums that have their life savings, yeah. which is maybe a few thousand uh, uh, rupees, which might be 20 or 30 euros or pounds or whatever, have it tucked away under a mattress. Those people lost their money yeah. and Bitcoin will help them avoid that problem as as long as they have an have a, have a telephone or or something to actually communicate with the uh, with the digital realm they have a means of storing their wealth and that's what bitcoin eventually will do it won't do today bitcoin might be 10,000 today and 5,000 tomorrow so that's going to be a problem for everybody who's using bitcoin as a store of value in such a short time frame but if you zoom out you will see that bitcoin will eventually evolve into this thing that allows you to transport your wealth over time. And that's the big problem with money creation, that it does the opposite. So on one hand, we have shit coins, we have fiat currency, we have all these these people who are asking you to to put your trust first and then your money, uh, place it with them, and they promise you the world, and in the end you will lose 95% of everything that you have. Bitcoin doesn't ask you to trust anyone or anything. It will just allow you to to have a, um, a, 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 a protocol that can actually transfer wealth, store wealth, and transport it over time. And that's I think that's something that we haven't seen before. We've seen it with gold. But it wasn't as transportable as Bitcoin, and so that no. makes it new. And uh, I mean, you could. It, I mean, it's it's not unthinkable that poor people in India or in Africa, wherever, uh, have gold. They 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 could have that. Um, so that works for them. But can they actually um, store two or three euros in gold? No, that's very difficult. It yeah. would have to be a life savings. Mm. Um, and it's not very liquid. I mean, try selling the gold first and then solving some problem. Bitcoin is easier for this. So people will discover Bitcoin when they need it. And that's what, I mean, I felt this rush once like, okay, I got to huddle more or whatever. And it, it I, 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 I've come to terms with the fact that I didn't buy uh, uh, Bitcoin when I knew what it was and when it was still cheap. Yeah. I don't have what but I You can't change have. that, can you? You can't change the past. You, you can change it and, and <clears throat> you can always look back. But the thing is, I now I know how to um, uh, to use Bitcoin. I know how to use Bitcoin safely and privately. I know how to use my own notes. I know how to uh, 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 store Bitcoin in a multi-sig. I know, uh, um, I know how to do it. Yeah. So I have this knowledge that I can apply to the situations when I need it. So I, that, that's that's why I started podcasting. I wanted to teach people how to actually use it in a safe and responsible manner. Um, 
and if you use it for, uh, I think I said it before, but if you use it just for speculation, that's fine with me. It doesn't matter. It it will only means that the threshold is lower once you really need it to survive. Mm. And people in Lebanon right now, they are like beginning to understand that they need something. People in Iran need it. People in, in Venezuela need it. Argentina soon, uh, soon too. And other countries as well. And it's not unthinkable that the same will happen in Europe. I mean, look at the people in France, the, the yellow vests. Uh, look what's going on over there. This yeah. is a, this is the telltale sign of inflation, of uh, of a wealth distribution system that's, that's horribly broken. Uh, that means people will need alternatives. And it's still it's still early. They, they probably... They, they they hear the the noise on the horizon as well. They hear the train coming and have no idea where to go. And that's, I mean, to those kind of people, I would like to say, like, you should have started learning about Bitcoin uh, uh, five, six years ago. You didn't. That's okay. Learn today because it will save you uh, uh, two, three years <clears throat> from now. I think the reality is most... The masses, Adam Meister calls it the 80 percenters, um, I'm more in favour of the 95 percenters, actually. Um, they will find out when this is done and dusted, when it's way out of reach, when <clears throat> the big bull runs have happened, they've come and, you know, the, there'll be no turning the clock back. So me personally, I am so grateful to whatever is out there, the universe, whatever you call it, for allowing me to be open-minded enough to go down the rabbit hole and catch a vision that perhaps there's something here. And thank goodness I did, seriously. I just want to quickly head over to the chat a moment because there's people in that I haven't been in before. So I want to give a, a shout out if I can. Uh, Rico Liberty Report, welcome to the Bitcoin for Beginners show. Great to have you with us. Um, I saw somebody that was said hello from Yorkshire. Um, I don't know who that was, but whoever that was, welcome. Uh, Zaza's in the room. Uh, great to have you all with us. This is live, um, so I can only do this once. So um, Bitcoin Magazine New Zealand, Boris, awesome. Oh, I don't know what that is. Goad Bezig. What the heck does that mean? Bitcoin Magazine New Zealand, whatever. It is fantastic to have you on my show. You are welcome. Mr. Tinker 53, I don't think you've been with us before. Maybe you have, but it's great to have you here with us as well. If I've missed you out, if you are in the chat, it is superb to have you on my show. Welcome. And don't forget to tweet this out on your Twitter if you think if you, if you enjoyed the show, although it's a Bitcoin for Beginners show, if you feel uh, newbies could benefit from my conversation with Boris, whatever you do, please pick up the link to the show and tweet it out. I would really appreciate it. Um, we are on the 50-minute mark, Boris, so we're winding down. Let me ask you a question, if I may. Um, how do you see the landscape looking in maybe five to ten years from now i'm not interested really so much in price predictions but you know i've seen what's happened in just under three years and the speed of change lightning and everything else you know from when i got into where we are now so i know what could happen in another three years so how do you see this looking you know in maybe five to ten years from now yeah, now that's interesting. I, I, I think there's a couple of things. I think from a technical perspective, Bitcoin will uh, gain a few 
uh, new uh, capabilities yeah. uh, with Taproot and Schnorr. We'll add some privacy features. Maybe Bitcoin will actually uh, uh, gain some privacy features on the base layer. Uh, we'll see. We still definitely will see growth on the second and third and fourth and whatever layers are built on top of that. We will see that. But in a larger picture, I think we'll also see a lot of uh, hard times in the yeah. sense Bitcoin will will grow. I mean, like you, I'm not interested in, in price predictions. I don't do that. But Bitcoin will gain a lot of uh, um, value. And lose uh, a lot and, as well. And lose a lot as well. Yes, we'll, we'll keep going through this humongous uh, ups and downs. Uh, but in the end, we'll, we'll, we'll get to a place where Bitcoin really threatens uh, the financial st- system as we know it. And um, what I'm what I hope that will happen is that enough of these people, apart from their jobs and apart from their, um, uh, um, yeah, apart from their businesses or whatever they're working for, they accumulate Bitcoin themselves privately, uh, which means that they're not as likely to attack it. Mm-hmm. And uh, if that doesn't happen, we'll see. Um, uh, yeah, we'll see a, a head-on collision with Bitcoin and some major, major financial institutions, and. It won't hurt Bitcoin because Bitcoin was built for that, but it will hurt everybody's ability to get in and out of Bitcoin when they really need it. So we already see that. If you look at a country that's in a crisis, if you look at a country that has uh, huge inflation, uh, they will almost immediately uh, apply capital controls. You won't be able to take your money out of the country. And Bitcoin is going to be the major uh, vehicle that is used for taking money out of a country. And that means that it's going to be, the battle is going to be fought on that level. I mean, you already uh, uh, know how to get Bitcoin. You're in it. You learned it. uh, You're fine. But what about people who are just learning it? I mean, now it's easy to just go to some broker and buy a little bit of Bitcoin. That's not a problem. Yeah. But once that uh, that battle takes place and we see capital controls coming to Europe uh, or to countries where people really need it because there's a crisis going on or there's uh, heavy inflation uh, taking place. Uh, yeah, at that moment, uh, heavy capital controls will hinder Bitcoin and it will be stigmatized. They will talk about terrorism and drug dealers using bitcoin i already see that taking place it's it's absolutely ridiculous yeah there's if you if you look at examples of terrorists using bitcoin there's nothing there's just one blown out of proportion news bit because some uh, hamas or hezbollah had a donation page up with a bitcoin address that's the only literally the only example we have of terrorists using bitcoin it's it's absolutely ridiculous and i read it like every other day i read this nonsense so we'll see a heavy increase of that they will try to keep the people the common people out of bitcoin um whilst they are buying it themselves absolutely I agree totally with you, totally. I think as it gains momentum, um, let's make it simple for newbies to understand. Governments and banks aren't going down without a fight. They will not, you know, so we can expect that. I think the other thing that I I love pointing out to people is this. Um, I respect anybody that's lived through the last bear market and stayed with us. Um, A good shout out for Guy Bennett. He sometimes pops on the chat. He hasn't been on for a while, but Guy bought the top at 20k and it crashed down to three and he stayed through that bear market you know and you know people say to me oh i lost money in bitcoin like no you don't lose money if you hold your bitcoin you lose money if you 
put 250 quid into a trading scheme or a Ponzi scheme and they trade it for you and lose your money, then you lose money. If you buy Bitcoin at 10K and it drops to 2K, you have not lost 8K unless you sell it. If you hold, that will come back past the 10K again and go through the all-time highs again. Um, but the, 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 there, was a, there was a point what I was going to say there and I just, that's being 61 years of flipping age for you. <laughs> oh, grey matters going. Um, I think, um, no, I don't know where I was at. I don't know what I was going to say off the back of that. Look, we are heading towards that hour mark. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Boris. Um, let's just, um, let me just, I've got a couple of things I want to cover. Just give a bit of sound advice to any noob watching this now or in the future, entering Bitcoin or thinking of getting into Bitcoin beyond the obvious, don't buy what you can't afford to lose, obviously go down the rabbit hole. A bit of sound advice from a Bitcoiner to the noobs. Well, in my experience, it works best if you buy a little bit. Just buy 10 euros or 5 euros worth of Bitcoin, have it on an exchange and then extract it from the exchange on your own wallet. Whether that's a paper wallet or a hardware wallet, it doesn't really matter. Just learn how that works. And once you have that, you have maybe you only have five euros or 10 euros worth of Bitcoin, but you have knowledge that it's worth exponentially more than that. Yep. Uh, because that will allow you to get Bitcoin when you need it. And that's very important. Um, and I think that that's that that's a beautiful moment. You're never too late to do that, whether you do it now or tomorrow or you do it in, in five years. Price will be different, but the, 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 the experience will be similar. You will start learning about Bitcoin. You will enter the rabbit hole. You will fall down and you will never stop falling. And it's the best thing that's ever going to happen to you. Um, brilliant. And I would say off the back of that, if I can add, when I first got into Bitcoin, I put my Bitcoin on paper wallets. And if I may just push back on that for a moment, whilst it was great, they were on the paper wallets and I had them safe. When I came to claim my um, dividends, forks, whatever, that was the most scary experience in my whole <laughs> life. Um, if I can encourage you, particularly here in the UK, you can buy a Trezor one for £46. You know, what you've got to do, and I don't know where I heard this, it might have been on Adam's show, I don't know, but it's like if you own £100 worth of Bitcoin, Boris just talked about the exponential value of that a decade from now or whatever it might be from now. That is the amount of importance, that higher figure, that you should place on the security of your Bitcoin. So my own personal advice is get a Trezor, learn how to use it, learn how to do your firmware updates without being hacked out of uh, 14 Bitcoin as uh, lovely Pastor Phil was. Um, even now, I have to say, when I plug my Trezor in, I have this heart-stopping moment that the balance is going to say nothing and I've done something wrong, but it's always there. So, um, Boris, thanks for the advice. I do appreciate that, but I'm going to just say to people, just ignore the paper wallet bit. But in all fairness, you know, paper wallet can be very effective if you've got somebody that can help you extract your Bitcoin off of them or claim your dividends or whatever when they when they come around. Boris, it's been an absolute delight, my friend. We're on the hour mark. Can I just ask you, uh, give a shout out to anything you want to talk about, anything you want to plug. While you do that, I am going to pop up on the screen um, if I can, if this works. Hang on. No, I don't want that one. Hang on. Let me do this right. Uh, Boris's 
D-Bitcoin show. So that's there if you want to plug and talk about anything um, to do with that, Boris. Over to you. What do you want to plug? What do you want to shout out? Oh, hang on. Boris, I've lost you. Oh, really? No, I've unmuted oh. you. It was muted. Right. You can now ah. talk away. <clears throat> All right. The, the, the Bitcoin show, my podcast, it's a weekly podcast. We talk about uh, macroeconomics. We talk about the technical side of Bitcoin. Uh, it's not a Bitcoin sh uh, podcast for beginners, but it's uh, you will absolutely love it. There's one thing, though. It is in Dutch. So if you don't understand Dutch, <laughs> you're going to have to learn it. And like we uh, like to say, uh, there is no better reason to learn Dutch than to listen to the Bitcoin show. You can find us on every Bitcoin uh, or any channel. Uh, we're at the Bitcoin show, D-E as in Dutch, D-E, the Bitcoin show. Uh, on Twitter, uh, we have thebitcoinshow.nl. Uh, website. Uh, well, we're on YouTube as well. I'm sure you can find us. And uh, But you will have to learn Dutch. And it's not easy, but Bitcoin is just not easy. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to give another shout out to GameKings.tv if you're into gaming. Um, if this is Holland's largest video games website, Perhaps you might want to go and uh, check that out. People, that is the Bitcoin for Beginners show for uh, today. It's been an absolute delight having you on the show, Boris. Uh, thanks to everyone in the chat. If you're watching this on in the future, down in the right-hand corner by Boris over there, as you're looking at it, there's that big subscribe button. Please subscribe to the channel. Um, hit the bell button so you get notified when I go live. You will find me live UK time, 6 p.m., 1800 hours, every Monday and every Thursday, barring illness. Uh, even if we go away on holiday, all my equipment goes with me and I do my Bitcoin show. That's how committed I am to you guys that support me. Um, again, if you want to drop a tip, you can do that through Lightning. Watch this video back to the start and you'll find the QR code. But that is it, people. Thanks for watching. I am Brian, the UK Bitcoin Master. Boris and I are going to sign off now. Uh, I will catch you all on Thursday. Um, once I've had an hour or so, it allows me then to put some squares up so that you can click on the squares and go to those two websites that I gave you at the start of the show. Thanks for all of your support, peeps. I really appreciate it. Um, if you're watching this in the future, maybe drop a comment. I don't mind if your comment's negative. Just drop a comment and I'll always respond to the comments. That's it. Boris, thank you for being my guest. I'm sure we'll get you on again in the future. In fact, I know I'll get you on again in the future. I'm going to hit this end button and hopefully my technology will work. People, have a great weekend wherever you are in the world. I'm Brian, the UK Bitcoin Master, signing off for now. Cheers, everyone.